0: Let me ask you to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 8, Acts 8, and while you're turning there, let me uh, encourage you this week, you've been encouraged to pray for the ministry in Haiti where uh, Brian just returned from. Uh, I would encourage you to pray as well for uh, Dr. David and Brenda Kuhn who are headed to Ukraine tomorrow uh, to... uh, Assist in our ministries there. They'll be with two of their grandchildren and uh, uh, the clinic there as well as the church. And that's always a great encouragement to the folks there. So be praying for traveling mercies uh, as well. There was a man that uh, was stranded on a desert island and he was by himself for some 10 years. No contact with any other human being, so he did the best that he could in order to uh, survive. Uh, when a ship finally came to rescue him, uh, they, he was delighted, of course, and, uh, and they were. And they saw that uh, he had indeed done some building, and they said, well, you show us. What you've built here. And so he took them into his house, and uh, he had built a very uh, rather comfortable house for being stuck on the island by himself. And then uh, they could see that there was another structure there, and uh, they wanted to see it. He took them to that, and he said, "Uh, yes, indeed, this is my church, and I worship in it every single week. Well, they were just amazed. But they could see one other structure, and they said, well, um, what's that over there? And he said, oh, that's my old church where I used to worship. So. <laughs> now, there are some that would see that as good church growth. You know, the you get mad and then you plant another church and then, uh, you know, the, the church is growing and, and that's the, the normal way for that to happen. And yet, I'm pretty sure that's not what God had in mind in terms of growing His church. He said this, I will build my church. I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He didn't say, I'll build your church or you will build my church. He said, I will build my church. Now, as we go through the book of Acts, we see him doing just that against the elements, against the evil one. And yet he continues to build his church. I want you to listen as I read this passage in Acts 8. And follow along, and I want you to ask yourself, how is he building his church here? What are his methods? What's he doing in order to fulfill what Jesus said he would do in building his church? It begins, and Saul approved of his execution. What in the world? Well, if you remember... It's talking about Stephen's execution. And we spent a, a, a week talking about that and, and what had taken place in terms of that, that opposition there. And Saul approved of Stephen's, his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered "'Throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. "'Devout men buried Stephen and and made great lamentation over him, "'but Saul was ravaging the church and entering house after house. "'He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. "'Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. "'Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ.' And the crowds, with one accord, paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits came out of many who were possessed, crying with a loud voice, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed uh, But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued with Philip and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, "'Give me this power also,' For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, today will you teach us from your word how how you do see fit to build your church? Will you show us how that applies to us here at St. Andrews and and in our lives? Show us from Your Word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's jump into this passage in terms of how is the Lord going to grow His church. God often uses adversity to grow His church. He often uses adversity. Now, this was a horrible time for the new church, what we just read. If you can imagine the roller coaster, though, that that they had been on uh, as a new church, many of the, the core of that church would have been there to see Jesus arrested, His trials, His torture, His killing on the cross. Would have known or seen that He was there in the grave. Imagine the feelings. But then many of those same people would have seen Him after He walked out of the grave. Would have heard His teaching would have listened to Him, would have tried to follow Him again. And then many of them would have been there when He said His words, calling them to make disciples of all nations, and that He would be with them forever. And then right after that, ascends into heaven. and some of them would have been in in that room waiting and thinking, okay, now what what does this mean? the roller coaster that they were going through. and been there perhaps when they were there at the day of pentecost and they heard this magnificent preaching of the gospel and they saw the holy spirit poured out so that The apostles stood up and they preached in the tongues of the people that were there. And people from all nations, many nations, heard the gospel in their language. The beginning of the fulfillment. Make disciples of all nations. And they would have seen this and they, they would have seen their church grow, explode in numbers. People coming to Christ. People's lives being transformed. They would have seen many being baptized. They would have seen ministry among the people and then many of those same people would have heard or heard of Ananias and Sapphira lying to God and being struck dead and would have been among those that the Scripture says great fear seized the whole church. And yet through all of this, the church continues to grow. But then when they're doing what they're supposed to, Peter and John are, they are arrested. And they are put in prison. Eventually, they're let go. But then Stephen, sharing the Gospel, is killed. The roller coaster that the church was on. And on the heels of that, That martyrdom of Stephen, a great persecution, grew on the church. Verse 1, there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. They were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. They buried Stephen. But Saul was ravaging the church, entering house after house. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. This Saul, by the way, is the one that we will later know as Paul. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Because God is still building His church. And so, we see This persecution come in, and little did people know, I suspect, who were in the church and who were now uh, being scattered, little did they know that not only was this not off point, off plan for God, but this was exactly His plan to build His church. Nobody in the church would have sat down and had a meeting to plan that out. Would have said, how are we going to grow as a church? Well, let's elicit some persecution. Well, let's spread out. Who would have thought of that? I wouldn't have. That word scattered is used uh, two times in verses 1 and and four. Now, there's actually two words uh, that in the Greek that could be translated scattered. One means something that is scattered or dispersed so that uh, uh, whatever is scattered is eventually just fades away. Like if you scattered uh, the ashes of someone or something to where it would just disappear. The other word in the Greek is a word of scattered, but it's scattering in order to plant something, like seeds, for a positive reason. It won't disappear. In fact, it will produce something. That's the word that is used here. That's how they were scattered as a result of the persecution. All the leaders did by uh, scattering the disciples because of persecution, all that did was plant the disciples in lots of different places so that the God who said, I will build my church would continue to do that. Now that brings us to the next point in the way that God grows his church. God uses... Willing people where they are to grow His church. Willing people where they are to grow His church. Now, the reason God's plan worked is because the church was going about being the church, doing the business of the church. They were sharing the gospel everywhere uh, they went. Now, think about it. Once they were scattered, think about the possible responses. I talked about nobody would sit down in a meeting. That, you know, if you if you had sat down in a meeting... I imagine that those that were scattered, you know, and a couple of them get together and say, okay, we've got to strategize. What should we do? Well, some of them might have thought, well, you know what? When, when enough of us can get together, then we can, it'll be safer and we can go out and start sharing the gospel again. Or they might have said, you know what, let's stay here, let's pray hard, and let's do a pastoral search. And if we get a pastor, then then we can grow this church. Or if they were more like many in our country would be, you know what, when we get a building, we'll have credibility, and then we can start to grow our church if we just had a building and there's none of that. We don't see any of that. Verse 4, now those who were scattered went about preaching the word, it says. Now, let me give you one clarification on that. I have to tell you, I think that's an unfortunate translation that many versions use when they say uh, those who were scattered went about Preaching the Word. The word that's translated preaching there, I mean, I, I would think that it, you would think, well, they were doing something like I'm doing up here. But that's not a good reflection of what that, that word means. It it would be better translated, They uh, those went about sharing the good news. There's one commentator says, gospeled or gossiping the good news. I like that one. They were gossiping the good news. That's the one good kind of gossip. The word that's used in verse 5 about Philip is the word proclaimed, and that's more like preaching, one to many. But the others weren't doing something formal, and it says they were going around in the English, it says preaching the Word. They were talking about the gospel. They were talking about Jesus. That's what they were doing. Kenneth Scott at who's a historian, put it this way. The chief agents in the expansion of Christianity appear not to have been those who made it a profession, but men and women who carried on their livelihood in some purely secular manner and spoke of their faith to those they met in the natural fashion. That's what they were doing. You know what? They set up their life wherever they were scattered to, and then they talked about the gospel. They talked about how Jesus had transformed them. That's what they did. I, I got an email this weekend, and um, it, it was a nice email, and it was from somebody who had been to a movie. And uh, it was great. They had been to the movie, and I appreciated them including me in the email where they they said, you know what, we went to this movie, and this was our expectations, but it was a very good movie. I'm sending this out to all of uh, the the people that are on my email address book and and so on, and, uh, you know, if you get a chance, I, I, I recommend this. And I thought, you know, that, that's a great example of kind of what these people were doing. They weren't emailing, but they were just saying, look, you, you know, some, something good happened to me, and I want that something good to happen to you too. It's It's that natural. I was with someone Friday, and this person was in in the middle of a very difficult situation. And there were were people from outside the church there supporting this person. But that person was speaking well of, of the church here, was saying some wonderful things, unsolicited, not just because I was there but just talking about her experience in the church. What could happen if all of us did that? If you saw your job, your neighborhood, your your school as a field where every Monday God scatters us and plants us, so here we are together and then later we'll throw the doors open and we all go different ways and so that would mean on Monday tomorrow that in 4 or 500 places we are impacting our community for Christ. That's the idea of being scattered and and planted Remember in our vision 2017, we talk about every member a witness. That doesn't mean every member a preacher is going to stand up and preach. It just means as you go, where you go. If you have Christ, you got something to talk about, and it's the gospel. And that's how Jesus was building his church through them. Now, some of you may be uncomfortable with that. You're going, oh, man, you know, I, don't, I can't do that. Let's move to my next point, and it may help your discomfort. God uses people in unique ways to grow his church. Verse 5, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed, that's the word that I said could be translated preached, proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. Now, in the case of Philip, God gave him the ability to do miracles. Some of you may be thinking, and this is mistaken thinking, but some of you may be thinking, you know to really be effective, I've got to get out there and be a like a mini Billy Graham or a you know a, a mini John Piper or Matt Chandler, or you know you think of a, a a good communicator, and you think if i if I'm not at that point i can't really I can't really." do that? How am I supposed to be a witness out there? How am I supposed to proclaim? And, and then I read to you this about Philip, and, you, and he's doing signs and wonders, and you say, see, I can't do any of that. You know why I'm, I've read you that? Not to discourage you, but to encourage you. This was the exception. This was the rarity. Most people weren't out there doing signs. That's why this is recorded. It's, you know, God chose to work in this particular way uh, with Philip. But most of the ones that were out there talking about Christ, we don't even know their names. They were just quietly bearing witness to their faith. They practiced hospitality. They gave a a cup of cold water to, to someone in the name of Christ. They were optimistic in the middle of a, a trial. Yeah, there were there were Phillips and there were Billy Graham's and people like that who are uniquely gifted, but most of us are not them, and God uses each of us the way He has gifted us. Some of you may have heard of Archie Parrish. Uh we had him speak in my previous church. Uh, uh, one weekend, it was about prayer and revival and so on, and, and he used a phrase that I love. He said, you know, in revivals, God loves to use nobody's from nowhere. And if you look at the history of revivals, that's it. You know, we don't know the, the names of people. Nobody's, the reason I like that is because I thought, hey, that's me. I, I'm a nobody from nowhere. Nowhere significant. Nobody significant. If God does something great here at St. Andrews, it's not because we're so great. You are great. But that's not the reason. It's not because you, you got some famous pastor in your pulpit. We're a bunch of nobodies from nowhere, and you know what? He, he loves to use people like that. And so if he chooses to do something great here, he's the one that's going to get the glory. And that's how he loves to work. Now, with that being true, there's a stark reminder in this passage, and that is that God does not need and will not tolerate the ways of the world to grow his church he doesn't need it and he won't tolerate it you know you can get a doctoral degree in church growth at one seminary maybe more by now there's all kinds of methods out there there's there's hundreds of books on church growth and you know what some of them are very good but some of them are nothing but you know the 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 way somebody would grow their business and trying to translate it into so if you do that inside the church, then you know we can grow our church too we We see an incident here um, with with Simon and well, let me just read verse 17. They laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So this is the, the real gift, verse 18. When Simon saw that the Spirit was being given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money. This is where that, that term simony comes from, you know, offering to pay for an office or a gift of God. Um, he offered them money saying, give me this power also so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter's reaction, it was the right reaction. He said, may your silver perish with with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You see, that's not what it's about. It's not about manipulating people, tricking them in order to get them in the kingdom. That doesn't really work. It's, it's the world's way of doing something. Now, I suppose someone could ask the honest question of us here at St. Andrews in terms of our outreaches. Someone might say, well, okay, you just said that you don't need to use the world's methods." Why do you have a fall festival this year? It's on Halloween. And jumpy things for the kids and that kind of thing just to get people here. Or they may say, why do you have a Palmetto Artist Series? And, you know, I understand why the Gettys are going to be here, maybe, someone would say. But what about the secular things you do? Quote, secular. And we've got real reasons for those things. But someone could ask that question. What's that have to do with with building the church. Or someone might say, why would a church host a car show or an art show? Someone could ask that question. It's a legitimate question to ask or even have an open house. Each of these fit with our desire to be a friend to our community and a positive influence on our community. But look, if we stopped there, if we stopped with just saying, we want to be a friend to our community, that's all we had to offer, then all, all we'd be doing is gathering crowds, gathering a, a cluster of, of people. And that isn't building the church. But here's the difference. We want to be a friend to our community so that when God works in the heart of people and, and uh, shows them their need for Christ or for a church, that they say, we've got a friend already. You know, they, they care enough about our community that they don't just have, remember my term, draw bridges over there. But they've built bridges out to us so that we can easily come in. And you know what? We've got people coming on Wednesday night to our ministries on Wednesday night that the first time they set foot on our property was for a car show. And we have people here this morning where that's the first place they ever came into our building. That's the point. That's the idea. It doesn't stop with having those things. But it's building a bridge and showing that, look, uh, we believe, we believe that, that it's important that we reach out to our community and be here for our community and in their times of needing and in their times of rejoicing because in either case, they need Christ. So what's all this mean to me, to us, to you? Well, I hope the first thing you get out of this is that whatever Jesus says can be believed. And that's going all the way back to when He said, I will build my church. And it looked like He didn't have the tools to do it. It looked like the evil one was winning by causing them to be scattered, and yet nothing stopped it. The church continued to be built... And it continues to this day. He protects the church from the attacks of Satan and the church thrives. You think you could believe someone like that? You can. But here's the thing. The church is not just an institution. And it's certainly not just a building. When I say building, he, uh, when he said, I'll build my church, when we talk about the church, don't, don't think of the building. But it's people. It's us. When he shows he'll grow it and he will protect it, he, will, he is showing that he will protect us from the evil one. And we can count on that. There is nothing that could stop him from building his church, and we are his church that he is building. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. That's how churches grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. Listen to this part. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. You are God's field, God's building. Let's bow together. Thank you, Lord, that you said you will build your church and for the fact that we are your church. Will you build us? And only for the glory of Christ Jesus. We ask it in his name. Amen.